Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is up, Believers? And what is up, Beardown Nation? I am Cameron Lee. And I am Joey Christopoulos. And today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Ladies and gentlemen, fans of the pod, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at betonline.ag. Example, perhaps what we bring up on this pod today about Jimmy Graham's over of 2.5 touchdowns. And from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always that online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Cameron, what do we got coming up on the pod today? First, I think we need to cover the latest episode of 1920 Football Drive. The release schedule of it seems to be more sporadic than my free throw percentage in, a, in my high school basketball career. But we got a new episode, so I think we need to talk about it. We're also going to make some of our predictions for this upcoming season. Obviously, it is game week, so we are very excited to have football back. I'm chomping at the bit. I'm getting itchy. All my fancy drafts are done. We're counting down the days, not weeks anymore, until Bears-Lions week one. And out of nowhere came the trilogy, the third and perhaps final episode of 1920 Football Drive. Better than Godfather 3. We're mic'd up, Cameron. Keep in mind, we're mic'd up. We're mic'd up right now. What would you think of the episode? I thought it was great. I loved some of the just some real football nerd stuff i love the logistical things i i miss i had one of my roommates in college was such a nerd for schedules and maps and every time we would get to a hotel uh every time that we would get to our our hotel or get on the bus we always had an itinerary and every single minute of every day is structured and i kind of miss that it's it's a stupid thing but when they start talking about the the bus will leave at this time and you will have to sit at this place on the bus and you must wear your mask and then the linebackers will be here and they'll do this drill i the offensive line will be here all that stuff is some real football nerd stuff and i enjoyed getting in the lost in the weeds a little bit on that so that whole first segment that was right up my alley what'd you think joey I thought it was really cool giving us, you know, as you said, an inside scoop into how a general day goes and how they plan that day. You know, I, I was having weird flashbacks to being a camp counselor and like just talking to everybody about, you know, once we kid, get the kids, get the kids on the bus, we're going to take off and make sure we do a head count. Everyone's going to sit in a particular place. And obviously because of this unprecedented season, we're taking those steps to another level. You're talking about logistics. I got to ask you a quick question. And this is, this is a fan talking because I've never seen it before. How long have they had the blue and white tape with the numbers on them for the running lanes during practice? Has that been going on for a long time? I've never noticed that before. Are you talking about the line of scrimmage? Yeah, so they put a blue and white tape on the line of scrimmage with numbers on them, and it looks like that they're running lanes for where to, like, you know, for depth of taking a handoff and where to – I've never seen that before. How long has that been in the league? You know, Joey, uh, I can't put a date on it. I can't put a number on it. Years? Several? <laughs> they, they've had it. They had it during my time. They okay, had it cool. during my time. Because I, I was thinking if that was a new invention, Cameron, me and you just missed out on millions, my man. That is amazing. Dating back to 2017, I could say that the Bears had such a device. Unbelievable. I'm learning new things every single day. Because Where have you been? Sense. Where have you been? Well, I thought we were talking about it from a theater perspective, uh, perspective earlier in a different pod, and I thought it was Got to hit your spots. Hit your mark. Hit your mark. But hit now your you mark. Got your numbered lanes. <laughs> exactly. All, all figured out. 
And I thought I, I looked at this as an episode told in three different stories, right? The beginning was really poignant and powerful. And it gave the chance to allow some members of the Bears athletes that wanted to speak out about obviously a lot of the current situations and struggles going on with race going on in America right now. And I, I thought it was a really wonderful way. They talk about athletes using their platform to hopefully invoke change. I think we all want to see that change begin, you know, actions instead of words, but these words were also powerful. And I'm glad that the bears gave those players a platform to, to talk about that at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, I want to come back to that because obviously we started off by, you know, talking about some of the fun stuff. And I do think that it is worth noting that very first part of the episode, which was given basically all these players an opportunity to speak out on the Jacob Blake incident uh, more specifically, but also just larger uh, Black Lives Matters and larger issues that are happening in our society. I just think it was a really cool uh, platform to give the athletes just the space to say whatever was on their hearts and whatever was on their minds. And the cool thing that I think is really cool about it is that, you know, there are a lot of people out there that have this idea, this notion, this concept that of the spoiled athlete that everyone is just the spoiled athlete that they are out there and they really don't have any idea of what's going on and they're just being babies. That's something I hear a lot. And I think that I don't think you could have seen those interviews and see those guys just speaking their hearts and that be your reaction. If that's your, your reaction and that's your takeaway from that, then I think that you just plainly aren't listening. So I think it was a really cool opportunity for people who to maybe see a different side of the athletes rather than just, you know, the, the, the story that they didn't actually read that was posted on Facebook or, you know, the little clip that happened to run on the news about the thing that they didn't like or that they didn't agree with. It's just a really cool way to just, hey, this is how I feel. This is what's on my mind. This is what's on my heart. And please hear it. And you can agree with the message or you can disagree with the message, but it was just cool to have those players have the opportunity to say what mattered to them. And 1920 Football Drive, only three episodes. You know, we can harangue them all we want about that. But I'm really, I think that this web series was a success because of something that allowed them to do that, to give these players a, a platform to speak their mind in that arena. People all the time talk about, you know, keep your politics and sports separate. But when it comes to social injustice and something that these players feel so intensely and sincerely about, this web series gave them that opportunity to be able to, to reach some people. And, and like you said, hopefully when other people that maybe haven't been listening before can hear from these players or not even their heroes, but just these athletes on the teams that they love, that they can begin at least a conversation of beginning to listen. And I'm on, I'm all on board for it. And I'm glad that they put that at the top of the episode. I agree. I agree. I think that's just really important. I'm just, I think there's so many people out there that are, you know, might say, Oh, I'm a bears fan, but I don't believe in this or I don't believe in that. And it's when you see your players, when you see your Chicago bears talking about what's important to them, it kind of it's going to draw a line in the sand. It's going to say, "Hey, are you really? Do you really support these people or not?" So, hopefully, there are uh, there's some some progress made and some ground gained. But either way, I think it was really cool just for the players to get to have that platform to say what was on their mind, and for the Bears being willing to give the team that that platform. I just think it's a, a big step forward because I don't know that we would have had this a few years ago. Yeah, that's a great point. I, I didn't even really think about that, but we are now at a place where, and look, we're going to pivot in just a second to the rest of the episode and don't make that think that we're just trying to drop the topic and move on. I think that there's going to be plenty of times on this pod where we're going to be having conversations because week one is right around the corner. We are going to see demonstrations of 
of whatever happens in the national anthem. We'll see what else kind of unspools itself as the season goes along. So I think this will be a conversation that we're going to be continuing to have. And I think me and you can both agree that we're going to continue to listen to these conversations and always try and just keep the best interest of other human beings and our neighbors at heart. For sure. You hit the nail on the head, Joey. Just got to keep listening and, and keeping other people's interests in mind. It's not all about you. Stop being selfish, bro. <laughs> Speaking of selfish, Cole Komet hogged, uh, hogged the mic uh, through a great portion of this episode. And I got to tell you, I'm all on board for it. We're going around to everybody, just letting everybody know that he's mic'd up, uh, <laughs> which is probably how I would do it too as well. I'd probably be in the cafeteria line just being like, I'm mic'd up. Excuse me. Hi, good morning. I'm mic'd up. I'm mic'd up. Camera's right there. Camera's right over there. Got a little piece of Cole Komet's personality. Uh, what'd you think? It was pretty fun. Cole Komet seems like a fun guy. He's an exciting guy, a, a good young player. He's the type of guy that, you know, you could see has a lot of energy, a lot of charisma, and that the Bears are going to be excited to have on their team. And he's the kind of guy that Bears fans can root for. So I'm glad that they took the opportunity to put the put the mic on him, give him the opportunity to have his star shine a little bit, not just in terms of the way he played, but it's more fun to get to meet to, to get to meet these guys, to get to know them and know their personalities. You know, a lot of football players may be superstars and we don't even know what they look like because they play with this helmet on and the NFL has for such a long time really controlled the message, controlled the narrative, controlled the way players are allowed to express themselves. So I think anytime we get to see beyond the face mask and see what these guys are about on and off the field. I think that's really cool. So I love getting to see Cole Komet. He's a fun guy. He's an exciting guy. Watching him interact with the tight ends, watching him interact with the other rookies, it was a lot of fun. And he's someone that we can all definitely get behind and root for. So I'm, I'm more excited for this upcoming season because I got to meet Cole Komet in, the, in that little segment. For some reason, post-game comments and interviews, I could honestly care less, can totally take him or leave him. Maybe it's because of the vanilla nature. Maybe it's just the cliches of, you know, we play hard today. We got to get ready for next week, one game at a time, all that, all that BS. But when you see athletes in their natural habitat around their other teammates and you get to see kind of the attitude. Talking way, shit. Yeah, the way that they carry Just say it. <laughs> shit talking. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nuts happen. Nuts happen about. And uh, and they're hanging out, with, hanging out with their boys and their friends. And, and that's my favorite stuff. And you're right. You get a chance to I, – I tell you, I just – I took one look at Jalen Johnson in a Bears uniform, and I was like my, – my, my 15%, I was just like, dude, this guy's going to be a stud. You know, it, it's just yeah. exciting to see. It got me really ready for the season. And you're right, Cole Komet, you know, we kind of dogged him a little bit from a fantasy perspective, but there's no reason to think by October – we might have ourselves an interesting, not dynamic duo, but a productive tandem, a productive pair, if you will, between uh, Komet and Graham. Oh, yeah, and there's a, a big disclaimer there. There's a big difference between being a fantasy tandem and being good football players and being a good unit of tight ends. And I was really encouraged, not just by how fun Cole Komet was to listen to, but watching him, uh, he seemed to be more involved in the blocking, and he made some good blocks in the film. That's the kind of nerd offensive line stuff that I'm looking for. There are some things I would like to see him drop his pad level a little bit when he's taking on some of those uh, larger linemen, but I saw him blocking in space. I saw him getting downfield. You know, playing with a lot of effort, maybe a hold here and there, but you know what? I, it was good stuff. It's this. These are the kinds of things that you have to see from a rookie tight end just to get it on the field, just to prove his value. Then we'll see him catch passes and do all that fun stuff. But it's kind of got to be earned first. Uh, and obviously, having a guy like Jimmy Graham, having, you know, him in the room 
we're going to see him get to do a lot of that stuff. But seeing Cole Komet do the little things right now, even if it was just in five minutes of highlights on 1920 Football Drive, it was encouraging. I'm very encouraged right now. It was my favorite part of the episode when Jimmy Graham had that little coaching moment with him and, and showed him a little trick of the trade, which I'm not a thousand percent what he exactly was showing to him. So maybe you can clarify, was he showing him how to like create body separation when you're running down the field on special teams where like you just move the guy's hands in his direction? What was he doing there? What was happening? <laughs> you act like I have any idea what that move was to me. It looked, like, it looked to me like he was trying to maybe get by a guy. If he had like uh, if he had cover uh, some sort of, defender on him at the line of scrimmage or maybe to evade a tackler i i, I won't lie to you guys yeah, get I'm the not, shoulders going in a different direction to where the body or maybe it was a dance move that's it it was a dance move i think that's what it, it may was. have had nothing it was nothing to do with a football context it was just two guys just saying so when you bump into some guy at the club how are you gonna you know get around him i have no idea i won't lie to the people that, that was not my thing not sure what he just did but jimmy taught him something veteran presence I, you notice i i identified with the holding and the blocking and the getting downfield but when we talk about evading tacklers or whatever the hell he was discussing i'm out underrated part of the episode because it didn't happen i thought it was going to they go to player personnel and it's cut down day and i was waiting for it in every single hard knocks one coach along the way or if you ever watch a singing reality show dancing reality show dating reality show they always go this is the hardest decision of my life because there's just so many there's so many good players out there and this is so tough for me and i couldn't help but think you know what it might be kind of tough for the guy who's about to get cut too sir uh, I mean, been there think about been that there <laughs> yeah oh yeah you think this is hard for you yeah, yeah, yeah this is yeah, really right. tough for you you get to keep the shirt on that says bears on it and come on speak speaking of that let me say this just watching them go around the facility, seeing all the different people, all the different people that I remember that worked in the building and all the different offices and stuff like that made me really, re uh, really remember and reminisce on the gear. I just miss the gear, you know, watching. I don't even remember his name, but the player, uh, the personnel guy, uh, jo uh, Lucas, I believe his last name was. He's just got on the just the just the dopest fit, you know, with the with the long sleeve white or whatever and then he's got the the cutoff over the top with the hood and the hat every single person in that building you know is just all the best gear and that was one of the things about being in the nfl granted the bears are stingy guys i hate to break it to all you bears fans the bears are the stingiest team i ever had the opportunity to play for they will charge you believe me anything you want you can get it but it's coming out of your check that week that being said Still pretty dope just having a team store just like that. Oh, I need the tights. Oh, I need the sleeves. Go ahead and, and give me an armband. You know, Which just team like was that. the most generous with the swag? I didn't play very long. I don't know if you remember. Uh, but in my time, it must have been, yeah, New Orleans. In New Orleans, I could get basically whatever I wanted. Not that I was asking for much. I wasn't that guy. That Loafers, like... robe, um, <laughs> sleeping cap. I do remember that in New Orleans, I, in the middle of training camp, asked for like the whole sweatsuit because I don't know if it was just me and my Midwestern like temperate body. Everything in New Orleans, because it was so hot, 
anytime you were inside, it was so cold and I was freezing the whole time. <laughs> Just like in the whole, the facility, it's like 62, which is a fine temperature outside. But man, inside I was freezing. So I got, I got a whole New Orleans Saints sweatsuit. Unfortunately, it's like three and four X because I was a tubby, tubby wubby back then. So nothing really fits me anymore. So I'll probably be handing those down to some of my friends. I can just imagine my dad's voice right now. Like, turn the heat up. We keep it at 74. <laughs> we keep it at 74 in this house. I don't know if Sean Payton just liked it, liked it real nice and nipply or what. Just a side note on Sean Payton. Beautiful eyes, hideous shins. Just Ooh. terribly hideous shins. I believe it. And he shaves his legs too, right? Or maybe he just doesn't have a man with uh, leg hair. I'm Greek. I, I wouldn't know. He seems like he might shave his takes his takes his time yeah he does seem like he's got a nice set of peepers on him nice crystal what are they, crystal blues <laughs> yeah they're they call them down yeah. there like uh like billy eilish is talking about she's he's got those ocean eyes we move on to the final part of the episode the news we've all been waiting for the end of a very long journey it wasn't lord of the rings it was our quarterback competition in 2020 mitch trubisky is our starter week one and cameron let me just be the first to say here i'm believing bears we saw from the beginning, right? My cockamamie scheme to look for little verbal cues in 1920 football drive. I mean, it just Trubisky dominated in the compliments throughout this series. I think he won this one seven to two. I did hear a couple good throws from great upper body from Nick Foles, but everything else was great throw, Mitch. Great throw this, great throw that. Great progression, great read, good footwork. And, and now he's the starter. Well, first of all, I'd like to point out that I, I did a count. I did a Joey Christopoulos style count on uh, Coach John Filippo and his language. So just so you are aware, I caught two bros, which I thought was an odd was an odd term to use from coach to player. Good throw, bro. Good throw, bro. Weird. So I caught two bros. That's I'm your friend. I'm your friend, but I'm also your coach. And I'm telling you that that was great as a friend. So I'm being sincere. That's how I'm reading that one. Two bros, two brothers, and a handful of buds. Mm, buds. I don't like bud. Yeah, right? I am not your buddy, guy. And... <laughs> Who are you looking anyway. at, friendo? Anyways, the, not to say that the episodes were structured for this to be a fait accompli that Trubisky would become the starter, but we just sort of noticed throughout these episodes that they were conveniently placing verbal compliments uh, being lobbed at Mitch Trubisky's way into the final cut. And now he's I... the starter. And I, I think that it goes beyond just the verbal cues or whatever, everything kind of being laid up Trubisky's way. The more and more you look at it and the more you think about it, I think this entire thing really set up for Mitch to win, not just obviously having the advantage of not having a full off season, but if you really think about it, the Bears, if they wanted to go out and have someone to take the job over, to take the job away from Mitch, you know, there were capable quarterbacks out there. There were there were starting NFL quarterbacks out there and available and a heck of a lot easier to go and get than trading away a pick f like like they the had to do rounder. for Nick Foles. Yeah, fourth rounder for Nick Foles. That being said, it just kind of seems, the more I think about it, the more it seems like the Bears wanted to prove themselves right. They wanted to take a half measure, show that they are concerned show that they acknowledge a problem and that they're trying to fix it so you bring in a guy like nick Foles, who is going to push mitch trubisky he's going to make him better he's going to have that veteran presence and if mitch doesn't work out they can always come back to probably the most qualified backup in nfl history and and nick Foles, a guy that's won a super bowl but they're just it just seems like they're 
there never really may have been a full-on competition, if you will. It may have all kind of been a guy's. If there was supposed to be a competition, I think that they would have got someone. I think they could have got someone better, you know, and and outright taken the job from Mitch. I think that this was a ploy, a half measure, if you will. Show us that we acknowledge the problem, but let's give our guy one more chance. Did you read it that way, or did you see any of those signs? The hope before practice even began was that they were going to have a competition. Trubisky would win the job because the way that that is set up, it's set up more perfectly for Nick Foles to come off the bench and you kind of know what you got automatically. If you start Nick Foles and bring in Trubisky, you'll know a little bit less about what kind of Trubisky you're going to get off that bench. So in terms of just thinking about it like that, about how the season plays out, yes, obviously not very ideal. You don't want to have a quarterback competition going up to the final day, heading into a season where you're hoping to go to the playoffs. That usually isn't a great signal for success. I mean, you look at some outliers like Russell Wilson when he first came into the league with, you know, Matt Flynn, but you know, I'm, I'm grasping at straws there, but Cameron, I was thinking about this today and you know what, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to change path just a little bit here. I was thinking about it today and it dawned on me that this pod and the next pod might be the last time I get to talk positively and optimistically about Mitch Trubisky. It's year four. It's senior year of Trubisky, <laughs> the University of Trubisky. And it has been up and down, my friend. You know, freshman year, you just try to not get in trouble. Nothing. You didn't go to a lot of parties. Nothing really happened. Second year, sophomore year, man, our future looks bright. You know what I mean? We're on top of the world. Nothing can stop us. Junior year was a mess. Went through a breakup, almost a possible breakup. Fought all year long really tough finally get to senior year and i just think this is the moment where we can sort of just wrap our head around thinking about this optimistically and hoping that at the end of the day we had a starting quarterback when last season ended it was mitch trubisky he still is our starting quarterback is our backup nick Foles insanely better than our backup from last year chase daniel Absolutely. Our backup quarterback has won a Super Bowl. Can Mitch Trubisky stay healthy? Who knows? But that's not on Trubisky per se. So we have that backup plan now. And if Trubisky works out, great. We can maybe look like the team of 2018. And if not, we have a vastly better backup option than we did last year with Chase Daniel, who was on a pitch count, you know, can only play like maybe a game and a half before the, the magic dust kind of ran out and the carriage turned into a pumpkin on him. What do you think about that? This is a new Joey right now, and it might only last one more pod, but I'm feeling like there could be some finality to the optimism of Trubisky. I mean, are we just now realizing this? <laughs> it's just hitting me today. It's so sad. It's senior year, man. Saying, okay. could be saying goodbye to a friend. Moving on to a new era. Another okay, so era. let me try and dig in on that a little bit. So you're telling me that now, the, all the positive stuff, this could be the end of it? We've been doing this podcast for what, like three weeks? This was like all the positivity we can handle. <laughs> I'm just saying, what if I'm preparing for all scenarios? You know, how, sh let me ask it to you like this. How short do you think Mitch Trubisky's leash is heading into this season? How many games or how many halves? Halves. Wow. You heard that is a short leash. Um, fair. I think that. And no, I think it's fair. The problem with this is that this is very tough because he shouldn't have a very long leash. We have a, a fairly you know, we have a track record. We kind of know what we're getting into and we have a qualified backup. So all things considered, 
the leash shouldn't be very long. That being said, we have had zero preseason games. So to expect him to come in there and to be rolling 100% and to have this whole offense clicking is just completely and totally unrealistic. So we have to give him some time, right? That's the only fair thing because you could throw in Nick Foles or, or hell, Chase Daniel or Tom Brady and no one is just going to be ready 100% like they've been having these preseason games and all that stuff. So I think we knew, need to be a little bit of patient, but at the same time, like I said, we've seen the track record. This cannot go on very long. I kind of look at it like this. I think you need to split the season up into quarters. A lot of coaches do that. It's a little bit of coach speak. And I think that in this first quarter of the season, granted, barring some terrible, catastrophic game, I'm talking three interceptions and a half type type of football, I think we try and give Trubisky this first quarter of the season because there are some very winnable games on the schedule. I don't think he's going to see a top half of the – we won't see a top half of the of the league defense from last season in the first four games of the year. So this is a little bit of time to see, hey, did we make the improvements that we that we were so desperate to see? Can we get this offense rolling? Can you be a contributor? Can you be a viable NFL quarterback? We're not asking you to be a superstar. Can you be a viable NFL quarterback? And after those four games, if this team hasn't won, I would say at least three games, and this offense doesn't seem to be clicking, and we're not having productivity in our passing game, and everything seems to be gunked up in the wheels, then, hey, you have that proven backup. So I say give them a couple weeks, granted, as good as of a backup as Foles is, if if things go really bad really fast, you always have that option. But I say give him a little bit of time. We did had no preseason games. We've got some new weapons. We've heard the mechanics are improved. So as long as he's not reverting back to old habits and poor fundamentals, let's see this thing through for a couple weeks. My thought would be three games. I just said halves to just get your engine running a little bit because <laughs> it's so unknown and the way that I'm sort of approaching it also is it just can't be much worse than it was last year. You know, we've seen the floor. I don't think we've seen the ceiling, but maybe we've seen, you know, the second floor of the attic with Mitch Trubisky a little bit. There's got to be some sort of median there that has to be, and I think can be very successful and acceptable for a lot of Bears fans. We just can't have performances like he had against Green Bay, Philadelphia, the Rams, those are just three off the top of my head that I, you know, I was at that Rams game and just talk about soul sucking from a Bears offensive football perspective. Too many cocktails that night, Cameron, and I don't think it was my fault on that one. <laughs> I'm just thinking, you know, I'm not saying he's got to light the world on fire, but, you know, I think Mitch throwing 200 to 240 yards a game, maybe, you know, a couple, a little less with a couple touchdowns. I'm going to take that all day long. I think that's all I'm asking for. And you would definitely hope he would get at least two games, three games, and sort of see where we're at as long as he isn't capsizing, which he seemed to do at times last year. Yeah, he definitely seems to be a player that rolls a lot. He, he needs rhythm. He needs confidence. He needs things to be going his way. You know, being a younger player, now at this point he's not he's by no means a, a rookie or, a, or an inexperienced quarterback in this league. He's got time underneath his belt. Now it's time that we see him – you know, play through some of these tough situations, play against these tough defenses, be able to to make a comeback or or take a team and and win a win a close game. You know, 
for so long it's we've just kind of asked you to manage and manage and manage the game and not lose this for us and just just go out there and don't screw up well at some point now that you have this backup we need you to do a little bit more and if that's asking you to throw 200 yards in a game I don't think that's so much to ask. It's it's really not so much to ask. So that's that's where I'm setting the bar. Can we get 200 yards a game, a couple touchdowns here and there? I don't know if we're going – you put the bar on three games. Okay, so if through three games, I want 200 yards a game, three touchdowns. Can we, get, say, can we do that? Four. I'd be cool okay. with four. You know, fun fact, not to step on our Thursday pod because we're going to be previewing Bears-Lions here on Believe in Bears, but a fun little teaser – Five career games against the Lions, Mitch Trubisky, 11 touchdowns, and he's averaging 271 passing yards a game against the Lions in his career. So could be could be a situation where we might have a feel-good right off the bat. And honestly, he needs that. I don't care if it's against his, his version of a cupcake. You know, a, a performance against an NFL team goes a very long way, and a win is a win. So I will take it if that can happen. Mitch Trubisky, the Patricia Whisperer. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Stole his pencil. <laughs> Just snatched away that pencil. David Montgomery back at practice. Uh, reporters can't actually watch these practices now because we're in a game week, so no one's really sure exactly how much action he's getting into. If you were the coach of the Bears, or you know, what would you do here? Are, are you maybe trying to get him back into practice so he can be full speed for next week? Are you going to hold him out of week one? Do you think we could possibly see him on Sunday? And if we do, how many snaps? I don't think we're going to see him, if I'm being honest. I think that it's just a matter of getting him tuned up and ready to go for the following week. At this point, we're just a few days away from our from our first game. I think that they're they're going into this saying, you know, we're going to cut our losses on this first week, but we're going to have everything ready to go. It's a long season. We would rather have a healthy David Montgomery for the remainder of the season than push things too early. So I'm going to be conservative about this, especially early in the season, especially against a team that we've seen the Bears have success against uh, recently. So I would say play this one a little a little conservatively, have him ready to go down the stretch. I agree. Definitely hold him back, I think, for probably at least week one, see where you're at and see if he can be a full participant by, you know, a week from this Wednesday, right? And getting ready for the Giants in week two. So here we go. Season prediction time. It's time to look at a broad lens here because we're going to be zeroing in on week one in our next pod. But for right now, I think it's time to put our names on some predictions. We're going to play a little game, a little lightning round called over-under here. Now, these over-unders for individual Bears players are brought to you by betonline.ag. You can find those numbers on their wonderful website. So, Cameron, we're just going to kind of rip through some of these guys on the Bears, and uh, we're not going to get too deep into it, but just want to hear your thoughts, and let's get on the record with some things. We're going to start first with Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson right now, over six touchdowns, minus 130. Minus 130 is definitely a number that seems like he's going to get there. You go over on six touchdowns for Allen Robinson. I will go over on the six touchdowns. I believe he had seven last year. I like, you know, if we're doing this whole optimistic Bears thing, we're doing this whole optimistic Trubisky thing, I'm going to ride that, assume that we can get at least seven touchdowns. So I'm going to go, I'm going to hit the over there. What do you say, Joey? 32 scores for my man A-Rob this year. Telling you right now. No, uh, not going to go full dick on this. Six definitely feels like a bit of a Vegas number for me because he had seven last year. It doesn't seem like Vegas likes the Bears a lot in terms of their win totals, in terms of a lot of other numbers out there. I'm with you, though. I think he can easily go over. Seven is a very reachable number for one of our best red zone threats. Moving on, receiving yards over 1,074. 
0.5, minus 115 over under minus 115. Again, a little bit closer to that line. Do you think over under for another another 1,000-yard season for A-Rob? I'm going over. I'm going to over as well. Like I said, we're riding this whole optimistic train, and, and if we are able to have the, the competent quarterback play, I think there's just going to be – more balls to go around, more yards to be had. So I got to assume that Allen Robinson is going to be the primary recipient of a new and improved Mitchell Trubisky. I'm buying it, baby. Let's go. Eddie Jackson, 3.5 interceptions over minus 115, under minus 115. What do you think there? Ugh, I don't I like that this. number. That's a tough, that is a tough number because Eddie Jackson, great football player. It's hard to have four interceptions in a season, right? I mean, you, some of the greats get to five, six, the, you know, the elite seasons, maybe sometimes seven, but you got to have a, couple tip balls in the air right a couple got to fall in your lap to get to four that number's tough for me as much as i like eddie jackson yeah a lot about being on the defensive ball defensive side of the ball especially in the defensive backfield is just being lucky and being in the right place at the right time and so i'm gonna go with the under on the three and a half ints yeah and he's not a cornerback either i mean he is a safety so you're definitely you know hopefully yeah picking off a pass at the half on a hail mary and maybe like a tip pass maybe you can get to four but i wouldn't probably recommend that number next one Oh, this is the soup du jour. This is the all-you-can-eat buffet right here. Jimmy Graham, 2.5 touchdowns, over minus 115, under minus 115. Jimmy Graham, 2.5 touchdowns. Where do you stand on this? I've, I have pledged my allegiance to the return of Jimmy Graham. I'm saying we're, we're getting to at least three, baby. I'm saying at least over, three. Punch I'm that over. Way over. Punch that over so hard. Give me the ticket. I'm walking out of the store. Over a 16-game span, right? Jimmy Graham. All right. Who knows? We'll see if he can get to you know the end of December. Dude, I think he can get over that number in September. The funniest part about Jimmy Graham right now is that I'm so hyped on him and – I'm going like like I saw him last year during the preseason. I didn't see him. I didn't follow him in this same capacity. I'm just buying all of the hype that I'm seeing on from all these stories, everything about Jimmy Graham being the Terminator, having a great camp. I'm just in, and I, I have nothing to base it off of. Everything scientifically would tell me that he should not be as good as he was last year, which wasn't great, but I'm just throwing that out the window. Facts, fake news, whatever. I'm all about it. Give me Jimmy Graham and at least – I'm saying four touchdowns. This man could get four touchdowns this year. Marquee, can we get this man another Kool-Aid, please? Because we're going to 449.5 receiving <laughs> yards, over minus 115, under minus 115. Again, this is a slam dunk to me. Uh, this might have a little something to do with maybe one of our bold predictions coming up at the end of the pod, but 449.5, that seems very doable. I think he'll get off to a hot start. You know, maybe isn't a consistent force throughout the season, but I think he can, you can get up to that number. He can get to 500. I believe in it. I'm with it. And I hate that we're agreeing with everything here, but I'm with it. I I think we're going to get to at least 500 yards. You're not going to score four touchdowns if you're not going to, you know, crap a couple hundred. So we're going to get to 500. So here's a polarizing one coming up for you. We might not agree on this one. Trubisky interceptions, 10.5 over minus 115, under minus 115. Are you going over under 10.5 interceptions from Mitch Trubisky? gone back and forth in my head on this so many times and i feel like it could be the under and that could be good and that could be bad and so i went back and forth with this so many times but i'm doing the positive train thing so hear me out i'm saying over but i'm saying over because he's going to play well enough to get to have the opportunity to throw 10 and a half interceptions so He's going to play well enough to win games and to stay the starting quarterback for the majority of the season, and he's going to throw plenty of interceptions because of that. 
You would think I'm listening to my head and my heart, but I got my hand on my wallet on this one. I'm going under, look, that if you're going to put actual money on it, does he get to 16 games health-wise or performance-wise? And I'm even going to throw it out there that if he's ripping it up and playing great, I think he can keep that number under 10. He only threw 10 last year. I think he threw 12 the year before. So that's why it's right in that zone. I'm going, I'm just taking under on that one, uh, maybe for just for the sake of disagreement. Passing yards, 2,899.5 over minus 115, under minus 115. He definitely eclipsed that number last year. Where are you at? Where do you stand on that one? Like I said, man, I think that this offense is going to be more productive. I think he passes that, that yardage. I'm going over. Yeah, I'm going over on that number two as well. You know, he could probably get to that number at 10 to 12 games, even if he does miss a couple because of injury, which also brings us to TD, 17.5 over, minus 105, under minus 125. Man, that is a slap in the face right there from Vegas. <laughs> For a starting quarterback in this league, if you look ar- across the board, they got Joe Burrow at 25.5. You know, they got Jimmy G and Kirk Cousins around the 24 marker. 17.5 for Mitch Trubisky, the starting quarterback of Chicago Bears. Slap in the face. I call shots fired. I'm going way over on that just to say, you know, screw you, Vegas. It's not betonline.ag. It's Vegas on this one. Don't like it. Yeah, right. If I'm going to be so confident and stand by my man, I'm going to stand by my man on this. We're going over 17 and a half. I literally just pictured you placing your hand gingerly on his top right shoulder and just being like, I'm here for you, son. (laughs) We've got this. You know, I've done that. I've, I've, I've put my hand on Mitchell Trubisky's shoulder. I've had his back, and I will continue to have his back from afar. MT10. Let's get to the juicy stuff here. Robert Quinn, 8.5 sacks over minus 125, under minus 105. With the sacks category, this is where it gets a little bit tricky for me. Obviously, Robert Quinn, I believe he had 11 and a half last year, was a super effective pass rusher. I want eight and a half, if you think about it that way, sounds easy. I think he's going to have more and more people to contest with when it comes to getting these sacks. I think this, this pass rush is going to be an elite pass rush. So I'm going to say under, but that that's my my bold prediction, I guess, if you will, when it comes to these over-unders. What do you say? I say under as well just because the next one is Khalil Mack, 11 sacks, over minus 115, under minus 115. I'm going heavy over on that one. I think he can get to 12 or 13 this year. And so if I'm going with that logic and that's where I would put my dollar bills, I would probably say Robert Quinn would probably be under in that situation. Don't forget about Akeem Hicks too as well. I mean, this team could easily get up to 50 sacks this season, so there will be plenty to go around. And just the thought of having two edge rushers on the Bears with 10-plus sacks each honestly will keep me up at night with excitement, but I just don't know if that exactly can happen. So you got to go one way. I'm going over sacks with Khalil, under with Quinn. How do you feel about Mac? That's the exact same way that I looked at it. I looked at it and said, you know, they're they're going to get a ton of sacks. That much is goes without saying. It's just really picking and choosing who do I want to get them or who do I think will get them. So I'm going to go with the return of the Mac. That was Mac Morrison. I don't know if it you was. It was on pitch. It was good. But I, honestly, quick story about so when Khalil Mack was traded, it's uh, it's out here in California, so it's a little bit early still in the morning when the news broke. Got the news, in bed with my beautiful wife, and I just stared at the phone for like two hours. I was just like, wow, we got him. And immediately put that song on, danced around, started calling up. That was a great day. I think we're coming up. I think the anniversary of that was either a couple of days ago or those were, those were brighter times. And it's interesting, too, like this season is a really pivotal season, too, from a Khalil Mack perspective, right, where, you know, if we sputter again, if we're that 8-8, eight and 7-9 eight, and nine team, do we start asking ourselves questions about 
shopping Khalil Mack and seeing what we can get back on the market? You know, will, are, are you worried about that at all? Whether, if this season goes down the tubes, whether Khalil Mack can stay in a Bears uniform? I think there's a possibility of that, but at this point, I, I think that his it's productivity – it's a little early for that. That's it's a little premature thinking. But you're always, man. You have such foresight, Joey. You are, you're just a man thinking so far ahead. But yeah, that's definitely a possibility. But I would like to think that the Bears are going to have enough productivity on the defensive side of things that they're not going to look and point fingers at them. I think that there is definitely going to be some soul searching. But I don't think Khalil Mack is where I would start. Cameron, as a sports fan, I think I got a ten-year plan. And it involves eight Super Bowl championships for the Bears. And this is the only way that I can operate and roll right now, especially with the Bears at 50 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Um, let's okay. rip through just some of these other, these other fun ones. You know, maybe if one of them pokes out to you and says, maybe you'd like it, maybe you could put a couple coins down on it. But Bears highest scoring uh, offense, 600 to, or sorry, 60 to 1. Lowest scoring offense, 12 to 1, slap in the face. Most wins. Uh, 33 to one most uh, wins in the NFC 16 to one win NFC 25 to one. And then yeah, Super Bowl 50 to one, any of those numbers, you know, if you want to start a retirement plan and the good people out there want to go to betonline.ag is one of those numbers, maybe be the one that you'd put a little something on. Man, the thing that sucks about this is that you're going to go ahead and list me off all of those choices, and they're going to contradict the entire vibe that I've been trying to set about the Bears this entire season, or about this entire podcast. The one that clearly stands out to me is the lowest scoring, because I think Unbelievable. that's... <laughs> I'm not prepared to say that they're going to be the highest scoring offense, that they'll have the most wins. No, I'm not... I think they're going to be good, but it's going to be because they're defense. So that, lowest that pay, score. That payoff is a joke. We should, they should be ashamed of the uh, ashamed of them. <laughs> well, and look, you know, when you're putting money down on these crazy bets, I mean, my whole philosophy is, if, if I lived like this, I I would be broke because I'd be putting money down on all my favorite sports teams to win a championship every single season. So, you know, fifty to one odds for the Chicago Bears you know, go for it, you know, sprinkle a little something on there. But I mean, I think the one that probably would be most intriguing to me is winning the NFC at 25 to one. I mean, that's a payoff there. That's really juicy. That's a fantasy that I can at least sort of play around in. There's still a team called the Kansas city chiefs out there. And maybe out of those ones, these are crazy numbers we're talking about, but maybe that'd be the one I would probably uh, sprinkle a little, sprinkle a little dust on there. I like it. I like it. I mean, that that's probably the number two option as I look at that list of things that are most likely to happen. You got to have a little, a little more risk and a little bigger reward. I like it. Yeah, highest scoring offense, just it's not going to happen, and that's okay. We don't need that, Cameron. We don't need that to win a bunch of games. So let's go to some season predictions right now, you know, where we stand on what we think this team can be capable of. Maybe we can start here. Just give me one bold prediction. We somehow end up talking about this topic more than anything else i've been really back and forth i've been a flip-flopper and i'm gonna put my stake i'm gonna put my stake in this i'm gonna put my foot down mitchell trubisky will be the starting quarterback for the entirety that's right i said the entirety of the 2020 uh, chicago bears season i believe he will take a step forward he will be a competent and a viable nfl quarterback he will hit those overs that we talked about and he will contribute to this bears team winning a playoff game this year and look, this is the fun part, right? If you're wrong, we'll never bring it up again. But if you are right, my friend, we will bring it up every pod. Well, 
Oh, you know what? I've been wishwashy. I've been wishwashy, and I feel bad. You know what? This is the Believe in Bears podcast. It's time we start to believe in the Bears. Got a time. It's time that we start to believe in our, our guy. We drafted this man. We had a QB competition. He won. So he is our guy, and I'm with it. So there's my bold prediction. Mitch Trubisky is uh, is going to take this team take this team as far as he can in, in 2020, and, and I believe it. I'm on the Trubisky train. For me personally, and we've been talking about lots of this, isn't a surprise to you, Jimmy Graham, 800 yards, eight touchdowns. Calling it right now. I just think at this point in his career, I think he's got one truly great year. He's in a new situation. Everything's going great. He's super healthy heading into week one in an offense that not only by principle features the tight end, but now out of necessity based on what happened last year, they are almost force feeding that position back into the offensive scheme. I think he could get off to a great start. I think he could have, you know, he'd be one of the top tight ends in September. I don't know about the whole season, but I think eight touchdowns, 800 yards, somewhere maybe in the 50 catch, 60 catch area, maybe not 60 catches, but I'm going to stick it maybe 50. I just think we get one great bounce back season from Jimmy Graham after this year, who knows, you know what I mean? Hopefully Cole Komet takes over, but that's where I am planting my flag in 2020 on our boy. So you essentially, you, you essentially are projecting that Jimmy Graham is going to beyond double his touchdowns. Yes. Almost double his yards. Okay. And go up by 15 or so receptions from 2019. I like it. This, I think this he is goes the back bold, to the optimistic. The... Closer to the Seahawks numbers before he went to Wisconsin yeah. and, and they poisoned him with their gelatinous foods okay. and, their, and their mustached ways. I just think that we could just see a situation where he gets off to a hot start. I think looking for him in the red zone is going to be one of Trubisky's number one priorities next to Allen Robinson. And I think he could have some games we were talking about before. I desperately want to see those Kansas City Chiefs special plays where that Kelsey running down the seam and just Jimmy Graham maybe doesn't have a step, but he's got the length and the size where he can come down with a pass. Maybe, you know, drag a guy along for 8 to 10 yards, get up, point the arm out first down. Hopefully we can see that a couple times, and I think that can get him those yards. And that's one of the things that I noticed and we, when we were watching this last episode of 1920 Football Drive, how big Jimmy Graham is and how big Cole Komet is. And, and Jimmy's a lot bigger than Cole Komet. He's a big dude. He's, he's going to be a threat. I think he will definitely be effective uh, for for the Bears' offense this year, and I hope. I think one of the big things that the, that this tight end group will be able to do is maybe provide a little bit more of a disguise for when it's a run situation versus when it's a pass situation. I just feel like in the past there's been so much of a giveaway kind of. Oh, Shaheen's on the field is <laughs> basically a third tackle. I think we know what we're doing here. Trey Burton is is definitely out there to catch passes, stuff like that. I think that we'll definitely see a little bit more of the versatility. And I think you're, I think that could lead to some of those bigger numbers that you're talking about with Jimmy. And versatility in a positive way where with Trey Burton, his skill set, they were able to run him in motion like crazy in the backfield and act as a decoy at times. And they had that interesting little shovel pass that worked to great success in 2018. That's a version of versatility. I think the versatility you're talking to is perhaps more productive offensive football where these guys are big, strong, have options, can block. You could switch them in and out. They can still run in motion too. You know, you could still maybe run Jimmy Graham out in the slot every once in a while, get him in a one-on-one matchup. I think that in that versatility area, I think it's going to see a lot of improvement. 
Yeah, I think that the Bears last season, their tight end room was kind of a lot of kind of like the rest of their offense, a lot of like little gadget specialty guys. Like the way you mentioned they use Trey Burton is kind of like some a lot of motion kind of in the backfield trickery type stuff. Adam Shaheen was a, a blocking tight end, if you will. These guys are more well-rounded tight ends that can do a little bit of everything that will allow you to disguise what your intentions are. They can get open and make big plays, but can also block in the running game and contribute in lots of different ways. So I do think that there, we're going to see big improvements. And I think that you, that could lead to those popped up numbers that you're talking about with Jimmy Graham this year. Time to get to it, Cameron time to pick our season one loss record. I will allow you the floor. You can go first. Chicago Bears in 2020. What's their record going to be? I'm sweating. I'm sweating because I'm nervous. The cameras are on you. The light bulbs are flashing right now with bated yeah. breath. His season prediction I, pick. I have the Bears at 10 and 6. You stole it right from me. You I know, talked myself into 10 over the last week. I've, you know, looking at it, I believe Vegas has them at eight wins. I think that's been the consensus number. I think that they will be able to steal a couple more games than that. I do think that this offense will be more productive. You've heard me gas up Jimmy and you've heard me gas up Mitch and how this team will be a little bit more effective. They're going to play, they're going to play a, a decent schedule, but there's a lot of winnable games out there. And I don't think that this division has a clear cut winner. So there's going to be some games to be won there. So I think that 10-6 and six is a number that is definitely attainable. Uh, this, that 10-1 season is going to split the 2018 and split the 2019 seasons. I think 10 is, is a realistic number. But you said you have, have them at 10 wins too? I also I came to 10-6. Ten, ten I think when we probably started the pod at the beginning of camp, I think we were both thinking, you know, 8-8, eight 9-7. Eight, Let's see where we are. But now that I'm really, you know, we're digging not just into the team, but also thinking about what went wrong last year. And I just can't believe in my, in my mind's eye that the Chicago Bears are going to be, what, the 29th-ranked offense again this year. Even if they get to 20th or 22nd or 18th, whatever the number is, middle of the road, I think that alone could buy you maybe another game or two. On top of that, they played so terribly at times last year. But, man, the missed field goals, the, the giveaway situations, in-game decisions that didn't work out, all, like you said, the gadget plays that worked so beautifully in 2018, none of them worked. It's, it felt like last year at any point in time. And you've got, you know, the Green Bay loss in week one. They just came out flat. You know, you can, just can't have that happen. I don't think this team is going to do that this year. And then you look at the schedule. People say that it's really tough. Strength of schedule isn't in the Bears' favor right now. But there's a couple things I do like. You know, the Texans at home in December. I think that that can be a win. Everyone's like, oh, how do you beat the Texans? Well, it's going to be 10 degrees outside. So we'll see how that team plays in Bears weather. You know, the old cliche Bears weather. This opening schedule, Bears can definitely beat the Lions. You know, the Giants, interesting offense. They are definitely, their defense was so terrible last year. You're telling me that they fixed that all in a year. Don't really see that. We can compete with them. Colts, Falcons, let's be real. You know, interesting teams. Both think they're moving in the right direction. But teams that are beatable, teams that give games away all the time. And then you've got that Tampa Bay game at home maybe perhaps a time to take a little bit of a litmus test of what's going on. And again, I think that the bears can compete with anyone in the, in the division. The Packers games are going to be tough, but they're always tough. So if you kind of start to ruminate on all those things, they play a little bit better, a little bit tighter, a little bit smarter this year. They steal a couple wins in the other direction. They can definitely be 10 and six. I can completely see that happening. And even if the bears offense isn't 
an all pro juggernaut explosive unit, I see a lot of scenarios where the bears can, you know, win some low scoring games, maybe win some high scoring games too, as well. And I think 10 and six can do it. I'm with it. I completely agree. I think you hit on some really good points just about definitely their schedule. There's obviously some winnable games and some of those games against better offenses. I think our defense will keep keep us in games and you know, it's going to come down to not losing <laughs> sometimes. So if I'm going to be optimistic about this, like I've said, you know, we got to, we got to assume that Mitch is going to take that step forward and they're going to bounce from eight wins to 10 wins this year. Yeah. it's a great point too. I mean, with our defense, you know, just because you're facing Matt Ryan and you're like, Oh, Matt Ryan's so much better than Mitch Trubisky. It's like, Oh, oh yeah. Well, we got the bears defense. He's going to have to deal with that. And you're telling yeah. me Philip rivers, everything looks great in camp right now, but you're telling me that he's going to go out and, and shred up the bears. I mean, we'll see. Right. But as of right now, I'm, I'm trending more on the optimistic side. I just hope that they get off to a good start and get themselves a win in week one and feel good about that. And not pat themselves on the back for too long, but feel a little bit validated about all the work that they've been putting in and can move forward. I think you want to tell all the good people, we got a great one coming up for our next episode uh, on the pod here, hopefully coming Friday morning. We're going to do a little, our first little pregame, Cameron. Take us home on today's episode. You guys have been listening to the Believe in Bears podcast. For Joey Christopoulos, I am Cameron Lee. We appreciate you guys listening. Please make sure you like and rate and subscribe and tell your friends if it's like a mail or an email or a text message or a tweet or whatever, you know, if you're like on Facebook, whatever, just get the word out there. Anyway, we appreciate you guys listening and bear down. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.